0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I got a word for you today that God dropped into my spirit. And um You know, fasting and prayer, such a powerful tool. It really is such a powerful tool that God has placed in our hands. Hope you have something good to drink. I'm double fisting today. A wonderful coffee brought to you by Essentia water. With apparently the perfect pH balance. Um, God showed me this. Uh, years ago, and he's been putting it in my spirit as we've been fasting. God does not want you to be taken off guard, if you will, by what takes place in the earth or what's coming in the future. He actually wants to be able to lead you and he wants to be able to guide you perfectly. Now, one of the things that it is so important to understand is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, one of his main jobs is leading you and guiding you. The Holy Spirit is your guide. In fact, if you're watching right now, I want you to put in the comments, the Holy Spirit is my GPS. The Holy Spirit is my GPS. He is your guide no question about that. And in fact, Jesus promised that that would be the case. He promised that would be the case for the new Testament believer. And, um, I'm going to give you an analogy in a minute, but I, I want you to see how wonderful it is to live in the new Testament. I mean, it is so night and day to live in the new Testament and be a Holy ghost believer. There's pastor Bill Motley. That's it. Pray in tongues. That's I'm telling you, the Holy ghost is an advantage. Uh, Matthew, or excuse me, John 16, you're putting it in the comments. The Holy spirit is my GPS and he is, he is. And Jesus is the one who promised this. Jesus said it to his disciples, but I want you to see this. John 16 and verse 13, John 16 and verse 13. Listen to this. When the spirit of truth comes. Now, Jesus was talking like this before the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit had not been sent from heaven yet. Just so that you know, when we're reading this, we're not looking into some future time. Like I can't wait till the Holy Spirit comes. He came. He's already been sent. And so Jesus in this context was talking before his crucifixion, before his burial, resurrection, ascension, and the day of Pentecost. So he said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you. Thank you, Jesus. The things that are to come future things. Do you see that future things? He will declare to you things that are to come. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that in one verse, we can encapsulate this purpose of the Holy Spirit and see the strength of it. He said, when the spirit of truth comes and he came, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority. Glory to God. But whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll declare to you the things that are to come. And so the Holy Spirit is your GPS. He is your GPS. He leads you. He guides you. The reason that I said how wonderful it is that we live in the New Testament is because, as I've explained before on the broadcast, in the Old Testament, they could not be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon people and he would lift off of people, come upon them temporarily lift off of them. And Jesus explained why he said, you can't put new wine into old wine skins. You can't do that lest they burst. So a body in the old Testament that was not saved or for better, a better explanation, a spirit that was not regenerated by God. There were no new creatures in Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't come. And so their spirits were not ready to contain the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that. He said, I can't put new wine into old wine skins. They'll burst. They weren't ready for the Holy Ghost. They would have burst if they would have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. Couldn't have it. But then see, through the blood of Jesus, we've been made new. Paul explains in 2 Corinthians 5 that if any man or woman be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Glory to God. All things have become new. And so now that you're new, you're a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can now be filled with the Holy Ghost because you're a new creature. And so what an amazing thing to be a New Testament believer because you've got an advantage that other people did not have in the Old Testament. You know, what's amazing is like um, (laughs) when I used to travel as a young, younger boy um, with my father, who's been an evangelist uh, for my whole life, he's been in the ministry over 40 years, over, he's going on 45 years of ministry, going on 45 years, full-time. And he's been evangelizing for all that time. And I remember when I was a boy, there were no smartphones. Listen to that. There were no smartphones. There was no Garmin. There was no GPS. Cars didn't have navigation systems built into them. But we would travel this whole nation and my father would drive our family to every meeting that he had booked where he was preaching. I can still distinctly remember as a boy, and we had at that time, my father uh, drove, we had conversion vans. How many remember the conversion van? Throw it up in the comments if you have a hand. You remember conversion vans? I mean, we had the whole thing decked out, man. We had the TV in the, in the back, the little mini TV with the VCR up above, you know, we'd sit back in those captain's chairs in the middle. You know, there was a couch in the back and we'd, my sister and I, we'd be in the the conversion van. There's that little TV, got a VCR and we'd have like movies. Actually I had Carmen. I had Carmen videotapes. (laughs) I'd, I'd watch like addicted to Jesus by Carmen, the standard we'd go through all the, uh, all the Carmen VCR. And then we had all the Disney movies that we'd watch. And so uh, we'd pop those uh, VHS tapes in and we'd watch them on the trips. My dad would play Brother Hagin on tape. He'd, put, he'd play Brother Allen, Brother Shambach on tape. And I can remember as we would travel that if people remember the conversion event. And uh, as we would travel, I can remember that my dad would pull off to the side of the road or maybe we were gassing up. Or maybe we were, you know, getting something to eat. And I can remember he would pull out the big, huge Rand McNally map. And, you know, every page you turn had states. You know, if we were in West Virginia, if we were in Ohio, if we were in Pennsylvania, and you look at that big state map and it would show not just the interstates, it would show all the side roads. It would show all the small little state roads on the, on the Ram McNally map. And my dad would pull it out and he'd put it, I can still remember, he'd put it on the steering wheel and he'd have that thing open on the steering wheel. And then he would, he would pull out his highlighter sometimes because, you know, some of the places that we'd preach, you know, a lot of them be in, in more rural uh, places, some of them out in the country. And so you can't just get off the interstate and go, And you know, it's the first exit off the interstate and you're at the church. Some of them, you know, you had to hit side roads, back roads, that kind of a thing. And so he'd look at our route on the big paper, Rand McNally map, and he'd put, he'd highlight with that highlighter. All right, we're coming up this interstate and then we'll get off here. Then we'll jump on this side road. There's a little state road here that'll cut across. Then we got to cut up this side road here and, and there it'll be. And and then it'll just led us to our hotel or to the church or wherever we were going. So remember this, he would pull the map out. He would have to manually take that Rand McNally map out, open it to the right page and seek his route. Hear me now. He would have to seek his route. He'd have to look at it, figure it out, highlight it, study it. You see that? That's like old Testament. If they needed a word from the Lord, they'd have to seek him out, or they'd have to wait until the Holy Spirit came upon them, or they'd have to wait until a prophet came, and then a prophet would speak, and then they'd have to listen to what the prophet said, and then they'd have to, Old Testament style, have to wait, have to look, have to study, have to do, it's all manual, it's all manually done. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Now, we just turn this on, we open up. Apple maps or Google maps, whichever one, sometimes ways people, I don't know, get some ways users. Look at Michael said, I just sold my 99 Chevy gladiator <laughs> and we'll open up Waze or Apple maps or, 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 Google maps. And all we do type in the destination and hit start. Hallelujah. We hit start and we put it down. Or if we connect it to the car, car's got car play, uh, whatever it might be. It might come through the Bluetooth on the speakers and then we're just driving we don't have to stop. We don't have to pull over. We don't have to pull out a paper map. That is going to give us voice guided navigation. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody put that phrase in the comments, voice guided navigation, voice guided navigation. That's a huge point, voice guided navigation. And so what's happening? As I'm on my journey, as I'm on my trip, I don't have to stop. I don't have to lose time. I don't have to get lost. I don't have to look over and figure out what's going on. Voice guided navigation. That's New Testament. That's New Testament. It's different than Old Testament. See, because in the New Testament, you've got a guide who's constantly speaking to you. Oh, hallelujah. You've got a guide who's constantly speaking to you. He's constantly guiding you. He's constantly directing you. He's always giving you the advantage, showing you where to go. It's the Holy Spirit from heaven. He'll lead you and he will guide you into all of the truth. Hallelujah. We have in the New Testament voice, guided navigation, voice guided navigation. And it works all the time. The Holy ghost is always working. He's never gone from you. You know, what's powerful is in the old Testament, they'd say, I look unto the hills from whence cometh my help For my help comes from the Lord. But the good news is you don't have to look toward the hills anymore. You're not waiting for the Calvary to come and save you. You're not waiting for something to come to where you are. The Bible says that you are filled with the Holy Spirit from heaven, that your body is the temple, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. He lives in you. He dwells in you. He's in you already. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And so he's with you. And he will lead you and he'll, he'll not speak what he wants to speak or on his own. The Bible says he'll speak what he hears, hallelujah. And he'll tell you of things to come, things to come. That's future things. Glory to God. That's future things. I want to show this to you. I'm in, uh, now the book of Jeremiah, now, think how wonderful this is, because as I said, this is Old Testament. What I'm getting ready to read to you is Old Testament. And so I'm going to read to you in a couple different uh, translations. Hmm. Uh, I'm starting in the ESV, Jeremiah 33 and verse three, Jeremiah 33 and verse three. Look at this. Call to me. God is speaking here. Call to me. And I will answer you. So number one, the Lord's telling us, if we'll pray, if we will call, he will answer. That's part of the benefit of this fasting and prayer. We know it works. We don't have to wonder if it works. It works. You know why it works? It's God's system, not our system. It's our system because God gave it to us, but he initiated it. You see that? God created it and then set us in it. So now it becomes ours, but God's the one who curates the system. He said, ask me and I will look what answer you call to me. I'll answer you call to me. He didn't say I'll stay silent. He'll never ignore you. God is not ignoring his people. Look, and I will tell you great and hidden things. Oh, hallelujah that you have not known. There's the promise. You see that? And that's Old Testament, by the way, speaking to Jeremiah. Call to me, I'll answer you, and show you great and hidden things that you have not known. Now listen to the New Living Translation. Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Do you see that? Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. It's powerful. Let me give you one more translation, the New English translation. Call on me in prayer, and I will answer you. I will show you great and mysterious things that you still don't know about. Listen to this, uh, translator's note here, this word that we said, uh, mysterious things or, or in this translation, hidden things in the ESV or, uh, secrets in the new living. That word, uh, is normally used to describe cities or walls as fortified or inaccessible. Hmm. And all the lexicons agree seeing it used here metaphorically of secret or mysterious things that Jeremiah could not know apart from the Lord's revelation. So what is the Bible showing us here? That apart from God revealing it, there's no way to know it. Hear that apart from God revealing it, there's no way to know it. So that's, that, that puts you in a place where you can receive God revelation, the God kind. Because he's omniscient. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He already knows what's going to come. He already knows. But did you see that? That word in the Hebrew is used in other passages in the context of cities being fortified or shut up. You can't see what's behind the walls. You don't know what's behind the city walls. It's been fortified. It's been closed off. But then God said... I'll show you the things about the future that have been fortified or closed off things that other people can't see. He'll show you. Hallelujah. Things that other people cannot see. He will show you. Thank you, Lord. In fact, I want you to say it by faith in the comments. God is showing me hidden things. God is showing me hidden things. Put it in the comments because that's going to really what we're confessing. I don't want to, I'm never going to be taken off guard. Huh. Never going to be taken off guard recently. And, and, and listen, God will show you in multiple different ways. He may show you in a dream. He may speak to your spirit, whatever. He may have somebody give you a word. He may speak to you in an audible voice. I don't know. I don't know how God will speak to you, but God will show you the hidden things, and He is showing you hidden things. You know, recently I was in a meeting, and we were in revival, and uh, I had a dream, and the revival kept on going. You know, we were in extended meetings, and I had a dream, not at the end, in the middle, in the middle, had a dream that as the revival was going, Legal issues hit. Had this dream. And I wasn't dreaming. And I don't often have dreams that are prophetic dreams. I'm not one of these people that every night I have a prophetic dream and then I log it in my prophetic dream journal. I don't often. I've had maybe four in my life. And so I dreamt that the revival went on. But then there was legal issues that came against the church. And came against the the preacher. Well, it didn't take a week, didn't take one week and all hell broke loose. Didn't take one week. And I warned ahead of time about it. And I believe that you can warn ahead of time. God will show you so you can pray against that thing so that it will not destroy you, destroy your business, destroy your family, destroy your ministry. And so I had the dream, shared the dream and I began to pray. And, uh, It did happen. Less than a week, it started manifesting and the attack came against the ministry. Legal at a high level, but God made a way and the ministry was not destroyed. Hallelujah. Well, I couldn't have known any of that was going to happen. I could not know any of that. Nobody knows the future. Certainly no human being knows the future. And so God showed me that. And here's some people say, well, why, why does God show us these things sometimes? Sometimes so it's, we can, so that we can pray against what the devil's going to try to do. And that's exactly what we did in that situation is I began to pray, Lord, don't let the, and one of the things that I saw in the dream specifically did not come to pass. And I believe it's because we prayed it out of the way. Because what I, one of the things that I saw in the dream was that the minister himself would face legal action and be arrested and taken away. I saw it in the dream and I immediately began to pray. And you could, if you, if I shared it all with you and showed you the story, you could see very clearly how that's what they would have wanted to do. But I began to pray and I truly believe in my heart that if we had not prayed and if the Lord had not shown us, then the enemy would have come in and tried to bring that out to full effect to destroy that ministry but it's not destroyed, hallelujah. It is not destroyed in Jesus' name. And so, God will show us things to come, hidden things. Hidden things that nobody else could know. Only God knows. He said, if you'll ask me, you see that? If you'll ask me, I will answer you. Glory to God. I will answer you. Look at that, Kyle said, uh, same thing happened to me recently and God took us right out of the situation with no burn marks. Thank you, Jesus. That is Vicky, the blessing and favor of God. He gives us things to come by the Holy ghost. And as he shows us things to come by the Holy ghost, guess what? It guards us from attacks, guards us from attacks. Do you know one time brother Hagin uh, had something happen to him before he passed away. He was in the midst of a, uh, seeking the Lord. But at the time when the Lord spoke, he was sleeping and God woke him up early in the morning. And when he woke up, the Lord spoke clearly to him and said, there's a financial recession coming to America. He said, it'll affect other ministries, but if you'll do what I'm telling you, it will come, but it will not affect your ministry. And so brother Hagan pulled out a notepad and a pen, and he wrote down all the things the Lord told him to do, everything the Lord told him to do told him, here's ministries that you've gotten involved in with your ministry, outreaches, different things that I never instructed you to do. Here's certain things you're doing. I never told you to get involved with. And he said, make this change, this change, this change, and this change. And he wrote them down. And that day, brother Hagin went into his office and made all those changes, did exactly what the Lord showed him to do. Well, he said, it wasn't months later that the recession did come in America. He said, do you know, it did hit. He said, other ministries had to lay people off. Other ministries had to go off television, go off radio, stop things they were doing, all these different things. Some were hurt by it, financially took a hit. He said, do you know, we never felt it. It hit America and we never felt it. Glory to God. We never felt it. He said, in fact, it was during that time of that recession that their ministry, Rama, all of the funds came in at that time, cash, to purchase the Rama campus where now the Bible school is, the church is, everything. He said it was during that recession when God showed him what was to come that when everybody else was in a mess, they were blessed and God did it. And in a time where it looked like you had to pull back and recede, They pushed forward by what? The instruction of the Holy Ghost. He is your GPS. He'll show you secrets about the future. He'll show you secrets about the future. It's supernatural. We've got access to God who shows us secrets about the future. And he said that, if you'll just ask me, do you know one of the things that um, really, The Lord's been dealing with me. And of course, we talked yesterday about asking bigger and thinking bigger. Yesterday in the morning, we dealt with asking bigger and thinking bigger. In fact, I want you to write that in because we made that covenant yesterday. I will ask bigger. I will think bigger. And I want you to write it again because that's going to mark us in this year. I will ask bigger. I will think bigger. I will ask bigger. I will think bigger in Jesus name. And so because that is our story, the Lord started dealing with me from the book of James chapter four. And I believe it's verse two where the Lord spoke to them and said, he said, one of the reasons you don't have is because you don't ask you. uh, Of course, the King James Say it this way You have not because you ask not. (laughs) You have not because you ask not. We're going to think bigger. We're going to ask bigger. Stuff that used to be big is no longer going to be big to us. Things that were big to previous generations will not be big to us in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask bigger. I'm going to think bigger. James four, two, you don't have because you don't ask. I said it yesterday and it's kind of funny. We would laugh at this, but can you imagine getting mad at the table? Cause you're sitting there and you didn't utter a word and nobody passed you the salt. Can you imagine getting mad about that? You never asked for it. You never mentioned it. You're just sitting there eating, talking, everybody. Else, and you're just, you suddenly, you just blow up. I've been sitting here for 40 minutes and ain't nobody passed me the salt. You can't get mad. People just look at you like you're a nut job. Like, uh, then just ask for it. We'll pass it to you. You don't have because you don't ask. And so I'm going to ask. And one of the things that I'm encouraging you about in this year is ask the Lord to show you hidden things about the future. Ask him to prepare you for things to come so that you're not taken off guard. Hallelujah. Ask him to show you things so you're not taken off guard in 2021. I refuse to be in the dark in Jesus' name. Lord, show me what I've never seen. Show me what I've never seen. Show me what's to come. Give me secrets, hidden things about the future. And see, some people that read that verse in Jeremiah 33 might argue, well, yeah, God said that, but he was saying that to Jeremiah, who was a prophet. Yeah, but what made him a prophet? The Holy Spirit was with him. Now, that same prophetic anointing is in every believer. It doesn't mean every believer is a prophet or stands in the prophetic role. It means the same voice that spoke to Jeremiah is the same voice that lives in your body as a Holy Ghost-filled believer. It's the Holy Ghost. He's the one who's the giver of the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy being one. You see that? And so don't say, well, I'm not a prophet. He can't show me things to come. Yes, he can. You're a believer. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. He can show you things to come. Hallelujah. Mhm. And look at this. We have the Holy Ghost operating in us. <laughs> and the Lord promises it. John fourteen twenty six. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You see that he'll teach you all things. Let me jump back again in this same chapter, John 14 to um, the 16th verse and the 17th verse. Jesus said, and I will ask the father, which he's already done, And he will give you another helper, the Holy Ghost, to be with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now catch this. (laughs) You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I want you to write it in all capital letters, all capital letters in the comments. I know him. I know him. His sheep know his voice. He said, you know him. The world doesn't know him, nor can they receive him. They don't know him. They can't receive him. I know him. Glory to God. I know him. I know him. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Lilia, Rachel, Regina, Vicki, Kyle, Alex, Stephanie, Tanika. I know him. I'm on a first name basis with the Holy Ghost. He knows me. I know him. He speaks to me. You see that? Hallelujah. I know him. That is the biggest benefit of being a New Testament believer that there is. You know the Holy Ghost. The world can't know him. He couldn't speak to them. Not if they wanted him to. They're dead. Bible says they're dead in trespasses and in sins. They think the things of God are foolishness, straight foolishness. And they, they are actually at enmity with God. They're at enmity with God. But not us. We know him. Glory to God. We know Him. And so, here in John 14, one of my favorite passages about the Holy Ghost. The world cannot receive Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And He is in you. Hallelujah. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean to us? What does this access mean? Well, let us go to the book of Isaiah chapter 55 and you turn there with me as well, Isaiah 55, I'll read you two verses and um, I want you to catch this in your spirit. You know why it's so powerful to have divine access to the Holy Ghost? Because when you have divine access to the Holy Ghost, you always have solutions. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. You always have solutions. If I've got the Holy Ghost, if he's speaking to me, I've always got solutions. There's never a problem that I don't have the best answer for. And the best answer brings me into victory. I always have the best answer and a solution. Why? Have access to the Holy Ghost. We're in Isaiah 55. And I'm gonna read you two verses, verses eight and nine. Listen to this. God's speaking now. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Verse nine is important for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Glory to God. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There's my friend, Pastor Jordan work. I love you, buddy up in Montana, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. You see that? So the moment we get access to him, the moment we get access to him, we get access to his ways. Glory to God. Look at this. In Psalm 103, and you can clearly see the difference, Psalm 103 and verse seven, listen to this passage, because here's what makes all the difference in the world. Psalm 103, seven, listen to this. Speaking of God, he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts to the children Israel. There's a massive difference between those two things. Massive. He only made known his actions to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways, how he did things unto Moses. You know, there's a big difference between somebody benefiting from your actions and somebody benefiting from your ways. So for example, let's say that God gave you this business idea or a business plan. And it's really, really, as I said, it's a solution. So it's really working. I mean, you're getting blessed. I mean, everything's, everything's on the, uh, going up, 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 increase, nonstop increase. You've got this business plan from the Lord that's really working. Well, as you're making money in this business plan, you might call out your neighbor and say, hey, I just want to really bless you. And you took out $1,000 from your business and put it in their hand and said, this is from me to you. I want, I want to be a blessing to you. Your neighbor receives that $1,000 and now they have just benefited from your actions. Hallelujah. Your actions, the things you're doing behind the scenes, the ways that God showed you have produced that blessing. And now you get to bless them. They benefit from your acts. But how much better would it be? Because once that thousand dollars is gone, it's gone and it's gone forever. But how much better would it be for that neighbor? If you pulled them in and said, listen, I want to make you a partner with this business. We're going to bring you behind the scenes. I'm going to show you the whole business model I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to show you how to do what we do. I'm going to show you how to make it work. I'm going to give you access to our client list, all this. And I'm going to send you 50 miles away and you open up your own location of this same business and you do what I'm doing. Do you know what's happening now? Now your neighbor is benefiting from your ways, not your acts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now they're benefiting from your ways and not your actions. And that's different because the ways will produce forever. The actions will come to an end. The ways produce forever. That's why we get this uh, colloquialism that says, if you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. I'm going to say that again. If you've never heard it, I'm sure you have. If you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. If you give a man a fish, he's benefiting from your actions. If you teach a man to fish, he's benefiting from your ways. And that's what the Bible is saying here in Psalm 103 and verse seven. He made known his ways to Moses, but his actions to the people of Israel. And so they didn't have what Moses had. Moses was the greatest man in all the land, the Bible says, and the meekest man in all the earth, which is why God could exalt him. God continued to exalt him because when when you humble yourself, God exalts you. That's what the Bible says, if we'll humble ourselves, God exalts people who humble themselves, but pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so I want you to see this. We get access, glory to God, to God's ways. We get access to God's ways. And it's supernatural. I said, it's supernatural. God will drop an idea in your spirit. I mean, one little idea in your spirit and all of a sudden you're blessed. It's a solution, hallelujah. It's a solution that brings the blessing thank you, Jesus. And so we've got access to what? His ways. And what are they? Higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Do you see it? And so as we're praying and fasting, I want you to catch this in your heart today. As we're praying and fasting, one of the things that's going to come out of this is that God's going to give us access to the secret or the hidden things about the future. We're not going to lack. We're not going to miss out. We're going to have what God said we can have, and he's going to show us things to come. He's going to give us access to his ways and his thoughts. It's secrets about the future, secrets about the future. And I want you to go with me to first Peter, just because people think, well, you know, I'll pray, but I just don't know if the Lord's going to answer me seriously. Well, I'm a prayer. You know, I just don't know I just don't know if God's going to answer. I, you know, I, I'm just sometimes, you know, one of the dumbest things you ever hear in church, this is one of the dumbest things you'll ever hear preachers say dumb. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says maybe or not right now. I mean, literally you hear preachers say that talking about the promises of God. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says not right now or maybe. That's stupid. Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that. It teaches that the promises of God are yes and amen. I'm going to show you something. The promises of God are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm in 1 Peter, like I told you, I turned there. And I'm in the third chapter, but I want to read to you the 12th verse. For anybody that's wondering, is God listening? You know, you hear people get up. They say things about prayer. They, they say things about God. And I like, I'm wondering, like, do you even... Do you even know God? Do you even know God? Well, I've been calling out to him, but I'm just telling you, brother. It seems like in the last two months, he's been so silent. God's been so silent. God's not silent. (laughs) God's not silent. Remember this. Christ, who is God, is the word. There's no way to have a word with silence. Do you realize the only time Christ was silent is when he had to ensure that the redemptive act would take place. He sat, he sat silent before his accusers. Number one, to fulfill prophecy. Number two, if he'd have said anything, he could have brought the whole thing down with the power of his word. And he couldn't do that. He had to go to the cross. He had to give his life had to. So he, like you see him in the garden, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I am boom. All the soldiers are knocked to the ground. They couldn't have taken him. If he didn't want them to take him, he had power in his word. All he had to do was speak a word and they couldn't even get off their butts. So what did he do? I got to let this thing happen. I'm going to stay silent before my accusers. I'll stay silent before Pilate. I'll stay silent. I'll let them put me on the cross so that my people will not die eternally. It's the only time the word was silent. <laughs> the only time. So that he could be wrongfully accused. Glory to God. But look at Peter. He's been so silent. Hallelujah. God's not silent. He's speaking. He's always speaking. He's always leading. He's always guiding. He's always directing. He's not going to be silent. Look. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.12, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That's you. That's you. His ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Let me read that again. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He's already watching over you. He's already watching you. And his ears are open to their prayer. He's already listening to your prayers. If you're righteous, oh man, here's a, here's a thought that I'm going to teach you right now that will make you want to dance in your house, dance on your job, dance wherever you are. If you're on, if you're in the car driving, don't dance on the gas pedal because the, the officers do not understand that when they pull you over. So why were you breaking? Why are you speaking? Well, you understand. I got a word officer. I got a word and I begin to give God praise on the gas pedal and I, no, they don't get it. They don't understand that. That is not an excuse. Um, write this in the comments. God always hears my prayer. <laughs> Put it in the comments. Bible says it right here. First Peter three, 12. His ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. God always hears my prayer. In case you ever had a doubt, in case you were ever wondering, in case any preacher ever preached differently to you, God always hears my prayer. Glory to God. That's it. I'm waiting for you. Put it in the comments. And I mean, put go if you would, go to 1 Peter three twelve. take out a pen and write that in your Bible if you have to. So that every time you go past there, you see it on the side in the margin. God always hears my prayers. Glory to God. He always hears my prayers. <laughs> I feel that, man. Always. Here's my prayers. I'm looking now in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to read to you 2 Corinthians 1 and verse starting in verse 19. Listen to this. Paul's talking here. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanus and Timothy and I was not yes and no, yes and no, yes and no, that's what he's saying, it's not yes and no, but in him, it's always yes. Glory to God. It's not yes and no, it's not yes and no, it's not yes and no, look what Paul said. In him, it's always yes. Verse 20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his Glory. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. It's not yes and no. It's not yes and no. It's not yes and no. In Him, it's always yes. The promises of God are yes and amen in Him. That's 2 Corinthians 1 19 and 20. It's always yes. If it's His promises to you, if it's His covenant to you, not only is the answer always yes, He's always listening for your prayers. You know how powerful this is? If God said it's yours, if it's part of your covenant, you never have to ask and say, Lord, is it your will? If it's your will, if it's your will, you hear people pray this way, Lord, if it be your will, if it be your will, it's his will, Lord, if it's your will to heal me, don't pray that way. The promises of God are yes, yes, Y-E-S, yes, yes. Hallelujah. In him, in him who is the word made flesh. And so if it's in this word and it's for you, it's a yes. It's a yes. You don't have to timidly approach the throne and say, God, I don't know what you think about this, but i you know, I, I, I kind of would like a healing. I kind of would like a healing. Lord, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'd real, as I'm sowing, as I'm tithing, I would really like to have a financial increase. Yes. You don't have to get him into a good mood. <laughs> he's not your uncle Harold. You don't have to get him into a good mood. You know, I'm going to just, you know, talk, compliment him, talk him up a little bit. No, he already has that demeanor towards you. He already wants to say yes. He's just waiting on somebody to ask glory to God. Think about this. Now, does your mindset change when you hear this? Listen, listen, God, God, is waiting to say yes and he's just waiting for somebody to ask. Man, do you catch that? Do you see that? God wants to say yes and he's just waiting for somebody to ask. That right there is a powerful thought. Let me say it this way. The God of heaven and earth, the all-sufficient one, the provider, <laughs> the God who's more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, <laughs> Jehovah Jireh wants to say yes to his children. And all that he's waiting on is somebody who's got that kind of faith and boldness to ask him. Glory to God. Glory to God, (laughs) the all-powerful God is ready to say yes, and he's just waiting on somebody to ask him. Now, now let me break this down before I pray. So now can you see, now can you see the plot of the devil so that what he works to do is to get people to feel as though they're out of position to ask God. They feel intimidated. They feel ashamed. They feel uh, unworthy to petition God for what they're believing for. They don't, oh, I I could never ask God for that. I mean, or they're trying to build up the faith to do it. And the devil, who do you think you are? To ask God for something like that, Oh, uh, you must really think you're somebody. And the devil tries to make people feel ashamed, unworthy, intimidated, out of place to petition God. And you know what that you know what happens? The ultimate result of that? People won't ask. Do you know that in, 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 um, do you know that even in, in the natural, just even in the in the normal world in society, Most people don't like conflict of any kind. Do you know most people don't like conflict of any kind? They don't like that kind of negative interaction. And when I say conflict, I don't mean fights or or anything like that. I mean any kind of negative interaction. So for example, it's been proven that even if people don't like what's going on, you know, even if it's temporary, they won't petition something for a change. They'll just kind of like, well, it'll be over soon. For example, let's say, um, let's say you were on a flight or you were, doing, you were somewhere and somebody was doing something that really irritated you, really irritated you. Most people will not turn to that person and say, could you please stop doing that? They, they wouldn't do that because they don't like the negative interaction. And the person doing it may not even know what they're doing is irritating you or is annoying you, and if you ask them nicely, they would be they would be happy to stop doing it. They'd be happy to stop doing it, and they didn't even realize they were. But most people, I'm talking about the average person, doesn't like conflict of any kind. Doesn't they say? Well, you know, this flight will be over soon. I'll be out of this elevator soon. I'll be off this way. whatever it might be. Somebody might be kneeing your back and not realize you could feel it. You turn and say, Hey, would you mind, please? Uh, stop kicking my chair or stop putting your knee in my back. I can feel it the whole thing. Most people are like, oh, this person behind me. Uh, and you know what they'll do? They'll text everybody else about it. Oh, this guy behind me keeps kicking my chair. Oh, for this flight to be over. Oh, uh, emoji. Oh, uh, emoji. Oh, uh, emoji. They'll text somebody else that's a friend about and say, I wish he would quit kicking my chair. You know, all these other things. Instead of just turning around and saying, hey, would you stop kicking my chair, please? And, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize you. I didn't realize I was doing that. I was bumping your chair. I'm sorry about that. Whatever. Most people, want, and all it would take would be one ask. One ask. And it's done. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. There are things that would be available to you if you would just ask for it. Literally. Do you know? Most people have never even asked for a raise on their job. They're like waiting for a boss to give them a raise. I believe the boss this year is gonna tell me I'm gonna get a raise. Why don't you walk into his office and ask for one? Or say, you know what boss, I've been loyal to this company, I've been loyal to, to this job, and, and I work hard, and I'm on time, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't come in drunk, I don't call out and not show up. I, I believe I deserve a raise, I'd like you to give me a raise. I'd like you to give me a raise. Most people have never asked, and don't even know there's things available to them if they just ask, hallelujah. They would just ask. And what I'm telling you is ask the Lord. There are things God wants to do for you in 2021. He just wants you to ask. Why do you think that yesterday I pushed you so hard? Think bigger, ask bigger, think bigger, ask bigger. And today I'm talking about this power that we're dealing with today, secrets about the future. Ask him, he's going to show you, he'll make you aware let's say you had a business. I'm looking at Ashley Melton and Ted Melton. You know, Ted has um, a business. He he runs his own business. They they run it together. and, And he builds beautiful, beautiful stuff. And what if there was a shortage coming on materials that Ted needed? What if he couldn't get the wood or he couldn't get whatever it was that he needed to make cabinets or any other thing? And there was a shortage coming to that region of America or even to the nation of America. And Ted knew ahead of time, Ashley knew ahead of time, Ashley knew ahead of time, Ted knew. And they said, oh, the Lord showed me something. There's going to be a shortage on what we need for the business. So then he goes out and he buys up in bulk what's not going to be available in, in a few months ahead. And all of a sudden, a few months go by and that resource is no longer available and everybody else that's a builder's without, but Ted and Ashley have it. So that means other companies can't take on projects, jobs, and work that need that because they don't have the resources to make it happen, but Ted and Ashley do. Why did Ted and Ashley have it? Because the Lord spoke to them about secrets about the future, and they can ahead of time prepare for what's going to happen, and then as they move into that, they're blessed. Glory to God. And that's gonna be the story for you in 2021. I believe God's gonna speak to you ahead of time So that you can have secrets about the future and then what's going to happen? You will be blessed when everybody else is in a mess. You will be blessed when everybody else is in a mess. Listen to this. Give you one more before we pray. Deuteronomy 29, 29. I'll give you time to turn there. Or navigate there on your phone or computer. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Listen, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So notice Anything secret, anything secret belongs to the Lord. Anything that's secret doesn't belong to the devil, belongs to the Lord. And then when he reveals it, it belongs to you. Put that in. Secrets. Belong to God. I'll show you what it does too. The secret thing belongs to God, but those things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So when you ask, he takes the secrets that belong to him and reveals them to you. That's what's going to happen. I hope you're jumping on this today. The secrets belong to God, but when you ask him, he reveals them to you. He promised to do so through the Holy ghost, through the Holy ghost. Now, let me just show you, uh, the result of what happens. (laughs) Job, who was, by the way, let me just read you a little thing about him at the beginning. The Bible says in Job chapter one, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. He was blameless and upright, feared God, turned away from evil. And let me jump down. It it lists all the things he has and very many servants so that this man was the greatest. Look at that. The greatest of all the people in the East. Okay. So it starts by describing Job that he was so blessed that there was no one greater than him in the East. Nobody. He was the top dog, nobody greater. And later on in the book, when he's lamenting about what happened to him, look at what he says. Hmm. And I think that this is interesting Depending on how this is rendered, in what translation you're using. Job 29 and verse 4. Wow. Look at this. Oh, that I were, as in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Get this now. Job 29.4. I believe that's the King James. Oh, that I were in, as in the days of my youth. When the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Right here, and I'm going to read you from the ESV in a second, but listen to this. Right here, he's actually revealing to us Why he was the greatest man in the East because the secret of God was upon his tabernacle. What causes you to be great? Having access to the ways and the thoughts of God, his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Oh, that I were as in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Look at the ESV as I was in my prime, oh, hallelujah, what caused him, now see, he's saying this at a time when he's going through an attack, and he's really, he thinks he was in his prime, but he hasn't even hit his prime yet, because when you get to the end of the book of Job, you know what happens, don't you, God gives him a double portion, man, I could teach something about the book of Job, maybe I'll do it another time, but God gives him a double portion he didn't even truly hit his prime until the double portion comes he thought he was but he says this as I was in my prime the the literal translation in the hebrew here in my autumn days that's the harvest days in my autumn days when the look how it look how it's rendered here the secrets of God upon my tabernacle look how it says the esv when the friendship of God <sighs> was upon my tent, the friendship. So the friendship of God, can I say something to you? You'll say something, you'll say things to your friends that you wouldn't tell other people. You will share secrets with your friends that you wouldn't say to other people. And let me go a step further. Proximity really doesn't make any difference proximity doesn't make any difference. Let me show you what I mean. I got a guy that lives right next door to me. I mean, right next door, my next door neighbor. He's there, I'll see him. We never talk. We never talk. I don't think I've spoken one word to him. I mean, I see him from time to time, but he's like never outside. We never talk. He lives next door to my house in my neighborhood and we never talk. So I travel, as you know, I could be gone for three weeks and somebody could go to him and say, Hey, your neighbor right here that lives in this house, I haven't seen their truck in the driveway for three weeks. Where are they? You know what he would say? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea where he's at. I have no idea where he's at. I haven't seen his truck either. No idea. Now, I've got friends that don't live anywhere close to my neighborhood. They live up north. They live out west. But because they're my friends, but because I have connection with them, they don't live anywhere close to me. But if you ask them, where's Ted? They could instantly tell you where I am. Instantly tell you. Why? I tell things to my friends that I wouldn't tell to everybody. I'll share secrets with my friends, things that I'm going to do, things that I've done already. My closest friends know about them. Other people that are not in that kind of relationship with me don't know. And look what Job's saying. When the friendship of God was upon my tabernacle, I want you to put it in the comments. Last thing before we pray, God shares his secrets with his friends. God shares his secrets with his friends. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Shares and, and you're a friend of God, just like Abraham was. He was a friend of God. You're not just his friend, you're his child. My kids will always know where I am. You see the difference? My kids will always know where I am. He'll always be included in what's going on. God shares his secrets with his friends. And so in this year, what's he waiting on? He's waiting on you to ask him, ask me and I will show you hidden things about the future that you do not know secrets about the future. He'll give you access to his ways and his thoughts. He will give you his secrets. And as we fast and pray, God's going to open the doors to a spirit of wisdom and revelation to see things. We've got the mind of Christ. We're led by the spirit. We get access to his secrets. Imagine what's going to happen to your business this year. Imagine what's going to happen to your ministry this year. Imagine what's going to happen with your family this year. Imagine what's going to happen with your finances this year. He's got given you access to his secrets. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to ask the Lord to open the eyes of your understanding that you'll see things you've never seen before, never seen before that supernaturally God would give you divine secrets beginning this month as we fast and pray this month and that those secrets would bring an expansion in every area of your life by the power of God as they did for Job, as they did for Moses, as they did for Jesus, as they did for Paul, they will do for you in Jesus' name. Father, I'm praying now for every person that's watching or listening. I pray in this year, not only this year, in this month, as we fast, as we pray, open up your secrets to your people. Open up your secrets to your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let them see what they've never seen. Give them the boldness to ask what they've never asked in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that by the power of your spirit, that you would give them a new boldness to approach the throne of grace. And then now let every distraction be removed and let us hear your word. Let us hear your guidance. Let us get those voice guided commands and navigations from the Holy Ghost and we thank you that your word declares that you lead us in the way we should go. We receive secrets from heaven this year, this month, during this fast, in Jesus' name. And because of it, we'll be abundantly blessed. We're going to run in 2021 by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you. We give you all praise. And if you believe that, somebody throw some emoji hands up in the comments section. Give God some glory and give him some praise in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We shall be led by the spirit in 2021 in Jesus. Wonderful name. I feel the anointing today, man. I can't wait for tonight. I'm ready for 9 PM. I'm ready for breakthrough session service too. And I hope you're going to join me tonight. Nine o'clock PM is going to be powerful. You're not going to want to miss this, man. You're not going to want to miss this. God has something for us as we fast and pray. So tonight at nine o'clock, we're jumping right back on all platforms and you're going to want to be a part of what God's doing. It's powerful. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed because it's important. God has a plan to bless you, but the blessing will never be accidental. It will always come from your obedience. There's people watching me right now that the Lord is speaking to you to partner with this ministry. You know, this ministry has set a, a standard to be a blessing. We're going to be a blessing In every aspect, we're blessing children. We're feeding the hungry around the world. Now, not only that, we're blessing other ministries, but now we're going to bless the people of the world by preaching the gospel on television around the world. I want you to get in on that blessing. I want you to get in on that harvest of souls that's about to come in. We start Thursday preaching the gospel all over, and I want you to participate. The Lord's speaking to people to partner. The Lord's speaking to people to sow largely. The information's on the screen. You can sow your seed by putting hashtag donate in the comments on Facebook or Periscope, Twitter. You can go to miracleword.com. That's the easiest way to sow a seed. Miracleword.com. And you can sow a seed that way. All the ways to give are right there on the website. Click the give page. There's PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. There's people that might be wanting to do Large wire transfers. We're going to have that information available for you this week on the website. It'll be on the give page. There's people that prefer to do it that way. That's fine. Others prefer to get credit card points for their giving. I know I do. Get them. You can use the website, miracleword.com. If you'd like to mail a check, our address is at the bottom of every page of the website. And you can find it there. PO Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. And whatever you do, do it today by faith. The Lord's speaking to people. He told me last night, and I know it's the case. God is speaking to people to sow largely. Now's the time. <clears throat> Here's what we're going to do. For every person that is sowing this month at a partnership level of $85 or more, we're going to send you Miss Gloria Copeland's book, God's Will is Prosperity. Uh, this is such a powerful book, man. This is the book that will open the eyes of Bishop David Oyedepo. Let him see that he could never be poor. We're going to send this to you. All you've got to do is go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and there fill out the form so we know where you gave and how we can send the book to you, what your address is. We may not have it, but we need to know that you requested it for us to send it to you and it'll be a blessing to you. As well as that if you're sewing at the level of a thousand dollars or more, along with that, we're sending you the genuine leather life application study Bible. This thing is awesome. I love it, love the notes. I love the study uh, uh, resources that are built in and I'm using it a lot now even on my iPad and phone. It's gonna be yours as well. Um, and that, that, that'll be our way of saying thank you for standing with us. I believe God's gonna speak to people to sew largely at a $5,000 level, a $10,000 level, a $20,000 level. I believe this is the year that people are going to step up into their increase. It comes that way through your faithfulness. And so I want to say thanks to everybody standing with us uh, in partnership. Those that are sowing one-time seeds, we love you. We appreciate you very much. Um, don't forget tonight, nine o'clock breakthrough sessions. And then of course, all week we're adding uh, also Saturday morning while we're on the fast at 10 30 AM. So don't miss it. Monday through Saturday in the morning, and then uh, Monday through Friday at night, 9 p.m. New York City time. It's been powerful, last night was awesome. I'm so pumped for tonight, I'm ready to roll. Don't forget the brand new book is available, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. You can get it on our website, shop.miracleword.com, or Amazon, and if you'd like the e-book for your tablet or your phone, or even laptop, you can go to Apple Books or Amazon Kindle and you can get the Kindle edition as well. Do me a favor and leave a review. I really appreciate it. It helps us a ton, helps us a ton. I'm so thankful it's day 11, God's moving. Things are taking place. We're getting prayers answered. Don't forget to track what God's doing. Write your goals out. What are you believing for? What are you praying for? The Lord will answer your prayers But it's important to be specific so you know, not only did I ask specifically, God did it specifically. And that's your testimony. I love you guys, man. Thank you for hanging with me today. I'll see you again tonight, 9 o'clock. Be blessed. Have a good one. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.